<laughs> Welcome back, rugby fans, to another great episode of the Run, Pass, or Kick interview with your team here from the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. A quick reminder, my name is Ty Braga, your host for today's activities alongside Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. And joining us here for this run, pass, or kick interview, put to the test, we have none other than the infamous Johnny Ryberg, the big muscles himself, having come by way of uh, Iowa University through to the Raptors, and then now, more recently, will be taking up a spot in the Giltinis come the 2021 season. John Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me. Glad we could finally make this work. And let's, let's get on with it. Right. Finally, finally. Okay, so I do need to let everybody know. One thing I can say I am is persistent. We began talking like June last year. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. It, so, so you better deliver. No pressure, right? <laughs> talking hey, about delivering. If if any, if anything, we know Johnny Rydberg can deliver. That man right. was a sc- try scoring machine in 2019, and he was heading that way in in 2020. Uh, the pandemic, you know, that's that's the only thing you could shut him down was the pandemic. The only thing you couldn't uh, sidestep, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, interesting. I've I've noticed now. So first of all, in honor of of your past, uh, I decided to whip out my my Raptors jersey. It's now become a very limited edition of recent, but I also noticed something a little bit weird. So Scott is not here with us today, but in his absence, apparently Rob has decided he's going to take that uh, on the, the job of flying the Rooney flag. Have you turned to the dark side or what? <laughs> well, Scott lost last week in the, in the, in the uh, rant. And so I felt bad for him. So I decided to wear um, a really nice piece actually from the rugby shop. One of our sponsors, um, this is actually a wonderful hoodie, nice and warm. It's really cold here in Illinois right now. It was like 15 degrees. The wind's blowing. It's nasty. So this this hoodie uh, was sent to me by the rugby shop, and it's a really, really right. nice piece. And, um, you know, the Rooney has a cool logo and uh, good colors, so I decided to support this in Scott's honor just as, a, as an homage to uh, the big guy. Well, Scott is actually in the background, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's quite pleased by that. So, um, you know, again – well, let's take the opportunity to be able to address why we're here, right? This is the run, pass, or kick interview. If you're a familiar fan of the Rugby Rant, you'll know this is where we put our guests to the test. But if you're not, let me hand it over to Rob Hammerschmidt one more time to let you know how it works. So, Rob, right. thank you. Well, first of all, welcome, Johnny. It's a pleasure to have you. We've been waiting a long time for this one uh, on the edge of our seat, and it's finally here when we're excited for sure. But for those who are uninitiated in the run, pass, or kick challenge that we offer to our interview guests, it works like this. We will ask the questions, and we will prompt those questions with run, pass, or kick. John will tell us what he's going to do. If he decides to run with a question, it means he's going to take that question straight on. And boy, if I know Johnny Ryberg, I've seen him enough playing for the Raptors, he'll take a lot of these with a full head of steam. If he decides to pass a question, Uh, that means that he is going to go ahead, it's a hot topic, and he's going to go ahead and dish that off and just kind of let that one slide by and move on to the next question. So he'll let us know he's going to pass. But he can also have a bit of fun with us, put us on the back foot, put us on the defense, and he can kick a question to us. We'll assume that whomever asked the question is going to answer in, in a way they think Johnny would answer, unless he wants to kick it to a specific person and really have a lot of fun with either Ty or myself. Kick it around, so, kick it around, kick it around. We just don't kick very often. So. That's right. So, uh, John, are you ready for the run, pass, or kick challenge, my friend? Let's do it. All right. Awesome. Well, Scott's working in the background, and uh, I'm going to ask Scott to cue up a photograph that I found in a deep dive into the social media uh, <laughs> of none uh, other oh, than man. the muscles. You dig pretty deep for that one. Yeah, and and uh, he is showing off those muscles right now, um, and clearly uh, you can see the tats working on the thigh and on the left uh, inside of the left bicep. So we know it's you, mate. We know it's you. Don't yeah. deny it. Yeah. <laughs> Run well, past I, her. Oh, go, yeah, go, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say that's back in the that was back in the college days. Spring <laughs> break one year. Oh, you're going to bl- blame it on spring break. Yeah. <laughs> so, so run, pass, or kick, John. 
when you were were you auditioning to be an extra on the film Baywatch? Uh, I'll run with that. Uh, you know, uh, just back in college, like uh, I just me and my buddy were, were on spring break and we saw some speedos and we we're just like, like I said, we we're young and dumb and just said, you know, let's grab them and let's just have a fun spring break and. That's how it turned out. Didn't take off the thing for a whole week. Oh boy! Glued to your skin. Like I mean, that's a pretty interesting tale. Are the movie rights still available on that yeah. one? <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess. You turned him inside out halfway through the week. <laughs> Back around the other way. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday covered. <laughs> by by the way, Johnny. Just so you know, this. Uh, this little treat we were just exposed to is uh, is not a one-time thing for college rugby players. Apparently, uh, my son at Linwood, they just did a whole order of budgies that actually are custom-made for the LU rugby team. So uh, you must have started a trend. Uh, well, I'll say, like, every rugby team I've been on, it's been an order to budgie or uh, noodle bags is uh, another popular <laughs> one. Right? So, Banana well, I probably have like six or seven speedos, one for each day of the week. So I'm always well. Interestingly enough, you know the the the, the speedo in rugby was made famous once again by Faf de Klerk's, uh photo in his South African speedo. Uh, and what what came from that was the phrase is I support my country because my country supports me. <laughs> so so perhaps you know you never know. There's something to work with there, but. Uh, I got the honor of delivering the next question as we step away from the speedo conversation because we can't sit there too long, can we? So <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to number two. So run, pass, or kick. Now we step into a little bit more uh, of news of 2020 here, and let's go back there to when your time in the Colorado Raptors. So during a match between Colorado and Houston, commentator Dallin Stanford, who we all know is a familiar voice to rugby, called you a quadricep with eyeballs. <laughs> Which nickname do you prefer? Is it that or Quadzilla? Uh, I'll, run, I'll run with this one. Uh, I swear, like, every every time Dallin, like, uh, commentates one of our games, like, he comes up with some new nickname for me, and they're all they're all great. But uh, I like the quadricep with eyeballs one. <laughs> the quadricep with eyeballs it is you have the news <laughs> you know uh johnny you were talking about uh the infamous now infamous photo that you took in college i want to go back there just a little bit because i think that a lot of rugby players in the united states can really identify with your experience a bit maybe not having achieved mlr level or most certainly uh, a top try scorer level in the league but but with your pathway um, you got your start in rugby during your junior year in college. So like a lot of American rugby players, kind of late, came late to the game. Um, this is not an uncommon experience. Run, pass, or kick. What were some poignant moments in your path to the MOR? Uh, I'll run with this one. Uh, you know, obviously, like if you asked me, uh, you know, five, six years ago, if I'd be playing professional rugby right now, I'd tell you to get the hell out of here. Like there's, that was not on the, docket at all or where I thought my life was going to head but luckily for me like I you know uh started playing rugby in college and you know I just kind of kept on going just kept on moving up the ladder and then got out to Colorado was playing for uh the Raptors then and then they went professionally and then you know I just kind of stuck around and they couldn't get rid of me so and now I'm here so <laughs> I like couldn't yeah, get rid of selling it no. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's that's in, in either incredible timing or just incredible tenacity to stick with it and be in the right place at the right time and maximize your opportunities. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, starting rugby at a, a late age, I definitely did have a disadvantage compared to, you know, you're playing with you know, foreign players that have been playing since they're five, six years old. So uh, what that really just made me do is like I had to learn the game quick. You know, I watched guys like that. I watched guys like Chad London, Atamalifa. Like, they were tremendous to, like, my development because I saw what they were doing and what I need to learn to do. Because you can go back to uh, – at Iowa playing where I played, that wasn't, like, the, nowhere near the quality of rugby that we're playing now. That was more of just, uh, you know, club rugby. You know, there's some competition, but it wasn't, you know. So I had to just, you know, learn quick. Right. So yeah. – 
Uh, here's my follow-up. Uh, does that make you, seeing as you went to Iowa University, a Hawkeye fan? Yeah, that is correct, yeah. It's okay. No one's perfect. Um, <laughs> Are you a fan? Cyclones. Ah. I'm like I'm like maybe 20 miles away from Ames. So, okay. yeah, you got to go what's closest, right? Yeah. Well, if they're not playing Iowa, I'll, I'll root for the clones. But if they're playing right. Iowa, I got to go for the Hawkeyes. things do come from Iowa. Yeah. One of them is on screen. It's not me. <laughs> uh, I'll take it. All right. So, so um, let's fast forward a little bit. You played for the Colorado Raptors. Um, and uh, just after the league suspended play here in 2020 because of COVID, the Raptors announced their intentions to pull out of the league. Run, pass, or kick? And this is a two-part question. Did this come up as a, as a shock? And part two, how did you feel about the way things came to a close in Colorado? Okay. Uh, like, I'll, I'll round with this one. Uh, so the first part was just uh, – there's some suspicions like going into the 2020 season, like, you know, something was off like there. And then they assured us that, you know, we're here to stay. We're here to, you know, and we took their word for it and went off the season. And then, yeah, obviously uh, when, uh, when the COVID hit and the season got canceled, they made it fully certain like, yeah, we're going to be back here next year. Just, you know, everybody, we're going to be in touch and stuff like that. And then a couple of weeks later, we find we find out on the internet that our team is no more. Like we had no information, no team meeting. So on that, it was kind of a really low blow, and just kind of it left a lot of people, including myself, just with a bad taste in our mouth. With you know Colorado and the Glendale organization, just because it was kind of unprofessional and how they treated us players, especially players that have been there five, six years, people that you know moved across the country to be there to play for the team. And I just, you know, it was kind of a, you know, a tough pill to swallow for a while just because, you know, it kind of seemed like, well, like, what do we do now? And just, but. Blindsided uh, on the whole thing then, yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, they had to do what they had to do. And, you know, it is what it is, but. Right. Hindsight, they say, is always twenty twenty, but there are some lessons that perhaps could be learned from that experience that is applicable in the current climate right now, which we are not going to dig into in this very moment. Um, but, you know, some people who are watching here on the Rugby Rant not only may be thinking that sounds quite familiar what's going on kind of in the same circles in MLR right now. And again, we'll revisit that conversation. In fact, in our next episode coming up, when we talk about the impact of the exit from the 2021 season for the Dallas Jackals and how it impacts MLR as a whole. And if you are watching this episode and want to continue learning more about that, make sure you tune in on Sunday. You can watch us uh, through our usual platforms of Facebook. You can even get us on Instagram, YouTube. Uh, make sure that you like, follow, and share all of our posts because we want to be able to continue sharing the message that rugby is strong, it's alive and it's a great sport that's growing. And because of ambassadors like John on the screen here and fans like you, it makes a difference. So go ahead, give us a like, share, subscribe to us. You can find us on all of our audio uh, podcast streaming services as well. Um, so I, I wanted to be able to take the opportunity to jump into the next question then, John, while I have the mic, so to speak. And, and the next question here I've got talking about so a lot of people might not realize that it's why I said it's kind of similar and history may be repeating itself with the exit of the Raptors. There was a dispersal draft. And what that meant is that you had players under contract. And while they weren't contracted, what might be believed by a lot of people is to the teams. It's more so to the league, right? So what happens? Well, they disperse the players in, in a kind of behind the closed doors draft. So here lies my question, and I kind of frame it in that manner. So run, pass, or kick. Your signing took longer than most uh, former Raptors players um, that were picked to either go to L.A. or to the Dallas uh, new expansion teams at the time. What were some of the things that made your decision so challenging that delayed your choice when finding your new team uh, for the 2021 season? Run, pass, or kick, John? Uh, I'm going to pass this one to Rob. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, uh, by the way, <laughs> yeah, I, I think 
Ho- hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, Maanone won't be coming my way. Um, <laughs> I-, I think part of it is, uh, you know, with the league being so young and quite frankly, not a lot of, uh, I mean, uh, most players aren't making enough money to be able to move across a country and really get themselves settled. It becomes a question of, you know, where can you take the other parts of your life and fit them in and plug them in if you have to move, right? Uh, in your particular case, it's, you know, LA or Dallas, uh, maybe elsewhere. You know, we know you're from Houston um, and clearly you have a support system and a support network there. And so, you know, that difficult choice of now I got to pack up, you mentioned it earlier, pack up your life. Uh, you thought you were going to be in Colorado again, pack up your life and figure out where you're going to go next and how you're going to settle yourself, find a, a, a job to supplement your income, supplement your rugby career. And so I think a lot of those factors are difficult for players. Um, you obviously uh, are, are um, well, shall we say, uh, sought after player because of uh, your, your try scoring ability. So I think uh, some teams had some strong inquiries into your availability. How'd I do? <laughs> yeah, not far off. That's pretty good. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Care to elaborate? Did he just <laughs> yeah, I can elaborate a little bit? Uh, you want to say more? <laughs> you know, I just want. I talked to a few, quite a few teams, and I, right. I wanted to feel out like what was out there. And like you mentioned, like Houston thing. Like I talked to Houston a bit. Like. But for me, and like just the whole Texas thing, like I've been since I like from my point of view, I've lived in Texas ten years of my life, so it's kind of like been there, done that as much as that sounds. And then you know, East Coast, I'm not really East Coast, you know, type of person. So and then it's just like clearly, you're a beach person from the yeah. uh, research. He wanted to wear his budgies on a regular basis. We yeah, exactly. I want to wear to get the speedos out, right? And you're like, man, where can I wear a speedo more often? It's got to be LA. <laughs> I got to trade uh, the mountains for the beach. So right. So nevertheless, it's we're confident that wherever you would have ended up would have probably been a happy home for you. But you're definitely going to be in great company down in LA. And and I again want to be able to take the opportunity to deliver the next question, and then we're going to hand it back to Rob. So here lies the next one then for you, uh, John. Run, pass, or kick. Now, we returned to our conversation just a moment ago. We kind of hinted towards uh, the Dallas uh, recently announcing that they are exiting the season uh, for 2021, uh, which is kind of pegged as a postponement. Um, So here lies the question. It was revealed yesterday that the Jackals will not compete in 2021. Their players will be put into a, a dispersal draft similar to that that took place in Colorado last year. Um, and subsequently, players were ending up going to either Dallas, or at least the bulk of them, Dallas or L.A. What can you tell us about the process uh, and how it played out for you that led to you signing with the Giltinis and not the Jackals? Run, pass, or kick? Uh, I'll kick. Do I get a, I'll kick it. You want, me? you want to kick it a rub? No, I'm going to take it to you. I'm going to take it to Ty. There we go. Okay. There we go. So, um, okay. So, again, Rob touched on some of the topics that you think about what's most interesting to you, right? You think about where you want to be residing. You know, you think about the network that you have. You think about the support. You think about where you want to continue playing a rugby. And in that vein, as I alluded to just a moment ago, you're going to be in some great uh, talent are all around you. Um, it's an all-star cast that's making their way, or at least proposed to make their way to the Giltinis. So it's an interesting opportunity. But I think that no matter where you would have gone, you most likely would have, again, found a happy home. It just comes down to a, a personal preference. But talking about the dispersal draft, you know, you're getting, as far as I understand, everybody was given the opportunity and the draft was was done behind closed doors, they made their picks, and then they approached the players. And then at that time, they could enter in negotiation. If that didn't seem like it was fitting for the player, or at least both parts, they were then given the opportunity to explore other options. You were given that option and still managed to be able to come out with what was probably your best pick uh, is is LA. Um, anything more you can add to that? Uh, yeah, love it. Oh, so that, is that a real hat? Oh, you know it. You know it. Bootleg. It's illegal. (laughs) Uh, No, it's not. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) You can't prove it. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, just to go back on the draft, though, it's, uh, you know, you kind of feel like you're tunneled into one of those two choices, and, like, that right. might not be where you want to go. So, like, I talked to L.A. and I talked to Dallas, and then, you know, I waited, and then I talked to – after they had their time with me, I got to talk to some other teams and to see, like, what was going to be the best fit for me. I just didn't want to, you know, just, you know, sign right away on the first team that comes – like, Hawthorne. Yeah, you wanted to see – which was going to be the best fit for you and having yeah, right. the able to do so still yeah. you ended up with one of those two teams, but you took the time to see if it was going to be the right fit for you. And that, that is something that is, is worked out great for you. And, and I hope that something similar might work out for all the others. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's one of the criticisms that if you are on the outside of rugby in America and Canada and you're looking in, right. Traditional rugby markets of South Africa, New Zealand, and you know abroad elsewhere don't really have a draft system. It's quite a foreign concept to us. So, one of the criticisms, as you so rightly pointed out, is that you're given an either-or opportunity. So, is it this or is it that? Well, what if you're not sure, right? And and that's exactly why you were one of those that took the opportunity to make sure uh, that it was the right decision for you. So. Uh- we're going to go to a fan question here next because there are some fans writing in and I want to thank some of those fans out there. One of your biggest fans, you got to connect with this guy. He's one of our fellow podcasters, our good mate, TJ Olson, a shout out to TJ Olson and the bonus point podcast. You're large, man. We love you. Uh, Ross Campbell. Uh, and, and we've got a question from Daryl McCormick, John run faster kick. What are you looking forward to, to most when you play in LA? I'll run with this one. Uh, obviously, I signed with there because you know the what they're bringing to the table, the organization. You know, DC, the coach, Adam, the, the GM, just you know, all around just screams like professionalism. Like I'm having, and I'm just and like the players that we've been signing. It's just I'm excited to build right. something great in LA, and it's and it's not a bad place to be. You know, on the beach. You know? <laughs> so. And yeah, I'm going there with full intention of building something great with that team. And that's just broadening uh, because LA is a pretty big rugby like club town. So, you know, bringing a professional team there, you know, sky's the limit, like getting youth program involved and, yeah, and how nice will it be not to play in the ice box, right? Which (laughs) people coming in. And also training altitude health, you know, other teams would come here, they'll get gassed and then I'd still have a little bit left in the tank. So there you go. Um, you know, and, and, and on that note, I'm going to kind of go into the next question because you touched upon it just a little bit. So thank you for the excellent segue. I don't think you could have teed it up much better. Um, so, you know, we've talked about your prowess on the wing, your success there in 2019, your uh, building upon that just in the COVID shortened season last year with all the great signings announced by LA. And there is a great vibe amongst the MLR fan, or sorry, the, the MLR fan zone followers. Great vibe about the roster that's being built out there. TJ's excited. Um, Run pass or kick, has there been any conversations with Coach Coleman about whether they see you playing on the wing or maybe moving into one of the center positions? Uh, I'll kick. I'll kick it right back to you. <laughs> um, I, I think the con- really kick this often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've never seen you kick this much. My scouting report uh, it just came up a little bit short in this one. I got to tell you, I'm a little disappointed. It's my scouting for. <laughs> yeah. You know, this damn guy got to fire every single one of those guys. Yeah, um, so, uh, I'm with it if you want. No, no, no. I, I, I'll take it, and then We're you can certainly it. follow up and tell me how I did. Because uh, really and truly, I mean, your talents really lie on the wing. I think there's probably been those conversations, and I certainly they. I, I think there's an intent to maybe put you, slot you in there a little bit. Getting, seeing how you do in training, seeing if um, how your uh, uh, how you play there uh, in a training session. Maybe there's going to be a couple exhibition games uh, that you'll be able to give it a go uh, and have a crack. But uh, I've seen some really nice play from you coming at some hard uh, lines off the outside shoulder at an angle. Uh, the one where Dallin gave you your uh, illustrious nickname um, was a tremendous play with you coming off that shoulder at pace. 
uh, from the wing position. And to be honest with you, I love you in that position. I mean, you're a hard man to stop uh, and you're a tough, uh, a tough man to stop for a lot of those wings um, who just can't uh, deal with Mr. Muscles. Uh, okay. Like I'll, like I would say, I love playing on the wing and, you know, like doing those hard lines that I get to do sometimes uh, you don't get to do that if you're playing at center or something or a different position, because you're more intricate as a, you know, first receiver or, just controlling the or attack and then as a wing like I can you know work across the field and I can take those lines that I can attack but uh just uh back to about Darren Coleman and just where he sees me it's like he wants to help me develop my game more and just you know become you know you know obviously keep my strengths my strengths and like just make my weaknesses a little just sharpen those up and become even more complete rugby player and then just you know obviously I'll play where wherever the team wants me to play, I'll, I'll join the pack. I'll do, I'll do whatever. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's always good from a coach's end when you got players that are of the quality of yourself that are willing to play at different positions with the roster that's being built. Most certainly that helps to have that flexibility and willingness to, to play where the coach sees you um, really being able to exude your skills. So that's good news. I think all around for LA fans, for sure. Um. Let's see. Uh, you want to take the next one, Ty? Yeah. So here's an interesting one. And obviously the world is kind of in a weird place at the moment. Let's just say that to the least, right? Um, so l- let's turn our attention back to LA and let's move on to number number nine is the question. So run pass or kick here, John. A lot of fans around the league and in LA have been hung. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Refer information out of the uh, Agiltini's organization. Uh, while there has been many player signings announced between Thanksgiving and Christmas, it was kind of like one quick succession after another. It was like we heard nothing and we heard everything, right? And now it's kind of gone a little quiet again, and we can speculate as to why. But more to the point is uh, where will uh, sorry where will the Giltini's training base be? And will they still play in the Coliseum? So a lot of people have been asking this question, the Coliseum being as large as it is. Yes, it's great for social distancing, I suppose. Um, training facilities, some of these are still up in the air. So run mm-hmm. pass or kick. What can you share that can help shed some light on this for Giltini's fans? I'll run with this one. Uh, so, yeah, it's been quite a process. And you, you know, you got to give it up for Adam Fryer general manager because you know he's been busting his ass and he uh locked in uh we're going to be training at el segundo uh which is just south of lax and that's uh from what i hear is where the lakers also have their practice facility so okay yeah and then uh the coliseum is where we'll be playing our home game so you know obviously it's a elite stadium like world known so nothing but excitement there and then Hopefully, in the next coming months, we can have it filled with some fans. Absolutely, and it's it's uh, funny you say that because I do want to go to a question that revolves around that issue right now. You know, some people when they heard about the Coliseum in way that's way too much, way too much space, bad news, uh, too hard to fill, etc. But now it almost kind of looks like a stroke of genius, if you will, because it gives the Giltinis a lot of options to socially distance, as Ty mentioned. Well, also on top of that, sorry to just interrupt you, but another great point we spoke about uh, before, 
uh, that venue is set up for broadcast. And right. you know, in this 2021 season, it might be one of the best ways that you can connect with fans or become more important than ever before. And that's a venue that's perfectly set up for it. Um, but I don't want to derail the conversation too much. Rob, fire away. No. So on that note, um, there is a possibility, uh, and all states are a little bit different, possibility in California that there might not be fans in the stands, at least at the beginning of the season. Run, pass, or kick. Will the lack of energy that fans usually bring to a stadium make it difficult for you to get mentally prepared and up for a match? Run, pass, or kick. Uh, I'll remember this one. Uh, you know, obviously having a stadium packed full of fans is, you know, you thrive off that energy and your fans give you, you know, some stuff. That's why it's always better to play at home against the way. But uh, getting up, uh, you know, you just got to stay in the right mindset and get, you know, get ready for it. And it's, obviously it's going to be a little different without any fans, but I feel like it's, you know, once you get the game going, you know, you kind of get zoned in anyway. So you, just from my standpoint, I don't notice the fans as much once the game's actually going. But then until, yeah, until something big happens, then you, then you hear them. But uh, you know, with the COVID thing, it's just gonna, you know, just gonna have to adapt and just whatever happens, happens, and hopefully we'll get fans in the stadium soon enough. Right, absolutely. So. And and you know, truth be told, uh, you're a guy that came from Iowa club rugby, right? right. You you you've been used to you know having your a few fans in the sidelines and and just playing your heart out uh, for pride and you know because. You're, you're playing for your mates next to you, right? So I think once you start getting used to that, man, your mind will switch on and you'll be, you'll, you're a pro, you'll be able to do it. Uh, we're going to take a question here from one of the fans that, that wrote in, uh, Scott. Um, it's from Ross Campbell. You can see it up there, run, pass, or kick, prior to the Giltini squad formally assembling. Who are you training with right now? Okay, uh, yeah, I'll run with this one. So, you know, this – Preseason has been obviously a lot different than previous ones because, you know, the past we were together as a squad in November, you know, and then you get those three months to fully prepare and get into shape. And unfortunately, the best way to get in shape for rugby is to be playing rugby. So, uh, but our, our strength and conditioning coach for the Giltini's, uh, Mick Stevens, you know, done a great job. You know, we have our workouts and our program sent to us weekly checked in weekly and we just have to find the facilities and you know luckily i found a few training parts that helped me get into shape but it's definitely been tougher just because you know you're not playing rugby you're just having to run a lot and lift a lot and just rinse and repeat and doing it but uh just to where i've been training uh landell performance which is the head uh the head trainer for the Denver Broncos has his own performance center out here. So, and I have uh, actually been training there and they've been helping me a lot. Get ready. Cool. Well, what I want to say this, John, and I really appreciate this. You've given some of the LA fans, I think uh, a lot of inspiration. Um, you know, they've been hungry for information. Certainly the signings have come out, but a lot of the questions that we've gotten are really about infrastructure, and you're addressing some of those. There is infrastructure in place. The coaches have a plan. They've, you know, strength and conditioning plan. The coaches right. have talked to players. There's been good quality communication about what they're going to be doing. Clearly, there's a training base that you're prepared right. to go forward to here in February. So that's all good news for you there, Rob, just to be able to add to, to, to that, if I may, it's like almost more important now than ever before in the current climate for MLR that we know that this team that's got solid roots, they got that infrastructure in place. They got the plan A, B, C, all the way through the alphabet. Uh, guys are involved and they're interacting with their coaching staff, even though they're not assembling in person as they might have in the past. You know, these these mechanisms are in place that when you guys are there, you should hit the ground running. And one thing out of this whole COVID climate, when it comes to rugby, at least, uh, or most sports, is it's forced us to innovate by doing things differently and think differently. And that might make us stronger in the end of the day. And the LA Giltinis, what they've already achieved, as you so pointed out uh, a moment ago, um, uh, John, is they were doing most of this groundwork while they were on the other side of the world. You know? <laughs> it's hard enough to do when you're on the ground, right? So what has already 
to be is great. And you're a great spokesperson for what's happening. So thank you for sharing that. I'm sure, sure. fans enjoy it. Yeah. And I just kind of want to add like uh, just one thing, just because like you're not hearing information. It's just, that's not me. Right. Like stuff's not being done, but like you said, like the climate we're in, something could be set. And then two weeks later, it's, you know, something else happens, another outbreak, somebody right. goes on lockdown and it's just, so it's almost kind of a scramble, you know, and, and we're just going to have to be adaptable and just have to roll with it. Right. I like it from the words of Bill Webb in a recent interview. It was very simple. Like he's like, look, man, our goal is very simple. We just want to be able to play rugby and win an MLR shield, you know? <laughs> so it, the first thing is let's just get back to rugby. Right. And, uh, and, and we're making those steps and uh, we can hear that these organizations like LA are doing the same. So we're going to have a, some, a, a little bit more fun with you, take it a little lighter than these heavy conversations, perhaps a, away from rugby. Uh, as Ty and Scott will attest, and maybe you figured out, um, I'm a bit of an, uh, a troll when it comes to uh, social media, particularly Facebook, and I found some information. So I'm going to use that information in this next little piece, and it's called the Quick Tap. Right. Basically, I'm going to give you either or questions, and you just give me surefire right off the bat, your answer. Okay. Uh, and and you can, you can elaborate a little bit if you want, but we're just going to get a little bit more information about Johnny Ryberg. So here you go. First question. This came from the deep dive favorite character on the office, Jim or Dwight. Dwight. Okay. <laughs> I have to agree. Uh, <laughs> well, I won't even get it. If you think about it, Jim's kind of a, kind of a jerk. Yeah, especially to Dwight. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's like, he's just complaining about his job the whole year, torturing the guy. And it's just like, yeah, I won't get into all that. But yeah, Dwight's the man. All <laughs> right. Okay. We know you're from Texas. We've talked about your roots in Houston. As you said, you spent 10 years down there. Texas barbecue, brisket, or pulled pork? Uh, It depends which place, but I'm going to have to go brisket overall. We had a great spot called the Swinging Door. Never Swinging been. Door. Swinging door. All right. Fans, note that if you're down in Houston, swinging door. Larry Monks, we're coming. All right. <laughs> then here's the next one. We, again, we've touched upon this one a little bit. Vacation destination, beach or mountains. You spent some time in both. I'm going to go beach. I like being in the water. Yeah. What All about right. those speedos now, man? <laughs> it keeps coming back. He's he's kicking He's kicking the budgies. All right. Um, well, you have a nickname, obviously, Quadricep with Eyeballs, but I want to know, what's your spirit animal, rhino or bull? Uh, I'm going to go rhino. And uh, to elaborate on the one, I say I have a tattoo of a rhino. Rhino, huh? Okay. All right. Sounds good, man. And finally, one last one. Um, comics, DC or Marvel? Uh, that's... I'm going to go Marvel. Yeah, Marvel. That was a tough one, though, because there's some characters that I like and some that I don't, so on both sides. Okay, who's your Marvel go-to? If you say the Hulk, then you're, then you're cliche. Uh, Wolverine. <laughs> I say the Wolverine. There you go. Uh, yeah, he was always my guy. Yeah. Yeah. I like the Wolverine. That's cool. All right. Uh, Ty, you want to take number 11, the next question we have there for sure. Mr. Russell. Go ahead and jump in, you know, giving me the mic is uh... – Easy to take on. <laughs> uh, run, parcel, kit, you know the rules by now. So the MLR has provided a professional platform for U.S. qualified players for the last three seasons. There is a strong feeling that many players in the league deserve an invitation to the next Eagles camp. Here lies the question. Who are the three players in the league that you believe deserve a shot at joining the next Eagles camp that have not already been there. Uh, pass. Just pass. <laughs> oh, well, there's there's too many good good players to play. You know to pick. Okay. From, you know. So yeah. I'll, uh, I want to hear what uh, Rob thinks. Oh boy. Yeah. Um. Well, I think you're one. I'll go with I'll go with the okay. easy one first off. I think you deserve an opportunity to show your wares uh, at an Eagles camp for sure. You've certainly demonstrated in 2019 and we're looking to do the same in, in uh, uh, 2020. 
Um, we know that uh, Richard uh, Hatting, or Richard Hatting, excuse me, um, is now Eagle qualified. Uh, I would certainly, and and his name was mentioned, but he hadn't got the opportunity, obviously. Uh, so I would I would go with uh, uh, him. Um, and then, um, boy, uh, it honestly is a tough pick. Because there's a lot that are becoming – I'm not sure if it's eligible this year or next year, yeah. but by the next World Cup, it's going to be a completely different ball game, so to speak, because – you know, and it's good because it'll rugby will progress. Man, I think I have to pass on that one too. <laughs> uh, what about what about uh, your your mate that played uh, on the wing for Colorado? Mika uh, yeah, Mika Cruzen. Yeah, he's also your Giltini uh, teammate still now as well. He's 22 now and a young talent that would be eligible, of course. Yeah. Yeah, Mika's, Mika's a quality player. Yeah. I mean, he already – I mean, he bulked up between 2019 and to the 2020 season. I mean, put probably about another 15 pounds on, which made him a little bit more sturdy with ball in hand. Um, and, you know, again, identify great talent for the next generation, and those are the guys you want to look at. So I think that's a good pick. So I, I got to say, though, one area I really think the USA needs to focus on is, is at flyoff. A.J. McGinty is an excellent flyoff. Clearly, he's established and cemented himself. And Ben Sima has been in there a little bit. I think uh, Mattias has been in there. But, you know, when A.J. goes down, they lose. We, we just There's a drop-off in, uh, in quality. And, and I'd like to see a, another quality fly half come up because A.J. is getting long in the tooth. He's put on, you know, playing the, in the prem. Um, he's had a, a, a lot of miles on the wheels, so to speak. So um, I'd like to see us develop some some more fly halves um, for you know for in preparation for 2023. John's like, yep, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somebody can give me the ball, damn it. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna switch the tie on this one. Go with the next question. We're uh, we're ta- we talked about some of your teammates, uh, Mika Cruze being one. So. Um, I love this question that I came up with, of course, because, you know, I came up with it. Um, but run, pass, or kick. Uh, you're playing a backyard game of touch, and you're the captain of one of the two teams. You get first pick, and you can choose from any current or former teammate that you've ever played with. Run, pass, or kick. Who do you take first? I got to pass. That's too hard. I don't want to be calling anybody out or getting crap for not picking up. <laughs> yeah. like, this is like a they, they, there's it's like a win lose situation you're like hey i picked this guy and then it's like well why didn't you pick me first <laughs> uh actually no i'll go, I'll go, I'll go, for it. I'll go for it i'm gonna run with it i'm gonna run with it, yeah, run with it. have fun I'll with talk it. him into it all right okay. all right uh it's gonna be uh atamalifa fantastic yeah because if i don't know if you watch uh any any of my tries, he's usually on the one giving me the ball and helping me set up for right. setting me up for countless tries over there. So he's always been a great teammate and just he's a great guy. And just overall, I learned a lot from him playing rugby and playing at Glendale. Fantastic. That's exactly what you want to hear. Who's next? <laughs> I'm next question. Yeah. You said how many guys would you say you needed to pick, Rob? Yeah, you said first. I gave I, I said one, but you know you can always uh, uh, okay. get back to him. All right, I'll leave it then. I was just uh, trying to see. I thought it was three, so I obviously got it wrong. Rob stole my question on the sheet. Just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me take the next one then because he's mixed up the order. So <laughs> run past the kick again. Uh, new team, same old teammates, in part at least. Uh, Luke White. Uh, gosh, what's it? Uh, Blake Rogers. He was the first one to actually say that he was joining the Guiltinis. The first official Guiltini came up on our show when we then still called the MLR rant. More to the point, I'm on my own rant. Um, you are paired with new teammates and old teammates. Are there any habits uh, your new bunkmate should know about you? <laughs> are you the bad roommate? And if so, what should your next roommate know about you? Uh, all right. Actually, I'm going to pass this. I'm going to pass it to you, Ty. I'm going to see what you think. Man, I don't know. Uh, let's see. What's annoying habits? Snoring? Are you a snorer? <laughs> no. All right. That's a check. You bunk any time. Do you take far too long in the bathroom in the shower? No. 
All right. So you're good, right? Pretty pretty low maintenance so far. Do you like to have the TV on? Loudly. Uh, I do like to fall asleep with the TV on, so that might be. <laughs> okay, that's one, that's one. Do you eat yeah. really loudly? That's an annoying habit. No, not okay. to. Sometimes. Right. My girlfriend <laughs> like, my girlfriend gets on me about smacking sometimes, but. Oh. <laughs> that's like it might be something only she notices but it's still the most important person who will tell you that right so uh yeah i don't know if, if you're good by me as long as you don't snore loudly you don't take too long in all the other regards and uh leaving the tv on doesn't bother me because i do the same all right let's bunk all right <laughs> sleep over <laughs> all right i'm gonna take the last one speaking of teammates uh, the new guys in LA, the new setup, and again, there's there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, I we don't think, and and TJ will back us up. We don't think that LA is going to be a doormat for anybody. We think LA is going to be one hell of a competitive team, and, and it's because they have built a pretty experienced roster with many Aussies uh, from Warwick. Uh, we know Darren Coleman came from that club over there near Sydney, uh, and as well as like yourself, veterans from Colorado. You guys look to be very competitive in this first season. Run, pass, or kick. Which team do you see being your biggest rivalry? The MLR has talked about derby matches. What is LA's derby match going to be? Who is it with? Uh, I'll run with this one. Uh, I see us building a you know pretty good rivalry with uh, San Diego because they're you know they're just down the road, so it makes sense. But obviously, who knows? You might have one game. And then that starts the rivalry with somebody completely different. But I would have to say, you know, if I had to guess, it'd probably be San Diego. Yeah, you know, you and you know something about these derby matches uh, out there in Colorado when you guys were known as Glendale. You certainly had those derby matches with Seattle uh, yeah. during the first season in 2018, and then carried over into 2019. So uh, you're not unfamiliar to those uh, to those waters, are you? No, there's definitely some teams that, you know, there's a different atmosphere going into it. Right. The practice week and then the game, you're like, oh, it's, you know. It's on. It's it's whoever. It's it's on this week, you know. So. Yeah. So this follow-up, this one's unscripted, but we're on the topic of teams and rivalries, uh, which is one of the proposed topics that we had for the MLR uh, uh, fan zone to talk about in our next episode. So I'm kind of curious. What would you say are some of your personal favorite uh, matchups in MLR thus far? Your like toughest matchup and who you enjoy playing just for whether it be because it's a great experience, a fan fanfare is awesome. Like what would you say are those two? Like the toughest team, the one you enjoy playing against most, um, and then the other one where you just enjoyed everything else about it except the, the rugby match? Uh, you know – like I'm a competitor, so just any any team where it's you know you play to win, like you don't know who's gonna win. Like that's the reason why you play the game. If you knew who's gonna win, like why even play it? So obviously I love a contest. So any challenging game where you know you're going back and forth and just fighting at each other. Like I've been, right. you know, some some games like that with Seattle. I've been like San Diego, like Houston, like all all the teams like here are ready to play and. You just know anybody can win on any given day. Is there one game that stands out for you thus far? Uh, no, not particularly. I say, you know, everybody can hit, everybody can play rugby. So it's, you know, some days you wake up sore than others, but usually it's every team comes out ready to play and they want to, and that's a that's a great indicator where the league is when you have that parity between the teams that there's not like a whitewash one week and then the next week well, you walk closer. Just elaborate on that. It's just you know, the first year of the league you saw some lopsided scores and you know, yeah. us in Seattle were pretty much, you know, the front runners for the most part. And then you go to year two, like how much was the table just teams just jumping up and down throughout right. the season? We didn't even know who's gonna make the playoffs till the the last weekend. Like you know, you want it to be a competition, and it is a competition now. So, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, it's. I think it's what's going to make this season a lot of fun because they the the league has, and we'll see with Dallas uh, pulling out. We'll see what the schedule kind of gets adjusted like. But at least they had set the table so where there was those derby matches uh, that were naturally built in. 
you know, obviously, you know, uh, uh, New York and, and New England and, and, and I think L.A. and San Diego and Nolan, Atlanta, they really built upon those natural rivalries that exist. And they're going to play each other three times. There's, a, there's an opportunity there to kind of say, hey, we got you two out of three, you know, which is a really fun part about it for not just fans, but I think players as well. Because a lot of you guys know each other pretty well, yeah. you know, from, from team to team. Yeah, and I, t- I think you need to let these rivalries like develop. You can't just like yeah. you know you know each other, and you gotta let it become a thing. You can't just be like, oh well, right? They're kind of close together. Like, you know, coming back to your first point, geographically, at least to start, you know, LA's first season, yeah. logical rival is San Diego, right? Yeah. So. Uh, John, we've come to the end of our time to be able to question you, but what we'd like to be able to do for all of those that come on our show is offer you an opportunity to be able to share a shout out, a special message to a friend or family out there, or perhaps you have a cause that you'd like to be able to draw attention to. Here is your opportunity. Let us know. All right. Uh, Well, first of all, I just want to shout out to all the rugby fans out here in the States and, you know, worldwide and just just for everybody to get excited because we are going to be playing rugby this this year. So get excited. And then uh, lastly, I just kind of want to give my condolences to the whole Dallas team and everybody like who's involved. I think it's kind of gut wrenching what happened to them, especially all the guys that came from my Colorado team to have that happen to them. And then to just get, you know, another just punch in the gut, like right now, it's just kind of, horrible so i just want to give you know my thoughts and prayers to them right and you know, no matter what every one of those players are loved and you can see that with the rugby community how people have been asking questions about hey you know let's look where these players are going let's find a happy home for them and we'll be staying in on top of that we'll be discussing that very same topic at length not only looking at the implications about the Dallas organization, the players associated to it, the staff that moved there, but we'll be taking a wider viewpoint to be able to look at the ripple effect as it spreads across the league and what it may mean for the upcoming season, having one team drop out and so forth. Uh, As we do know already that the, the league is currently working on an adjusted schedule, which should be announced very shortly, perhaps even by this weekend. But we, again, on the Rugby Rant, will be there to be able to learn more about it. And when we do, we'll share it with you as the fan. And you can find out more about us by looking us up online under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. You can find us on your usual social media platforms of Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Make sure that you follow us, like our stuff, share it, Subscribe to us on all your favorite streaming uh, platforms, uh, Google Podcasts, everything else in between. Help us spread the game we so love. And on behalf of myself, Ty Braga, your host of the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, alongside my colleague, Scott Ferrara and Rob Hammerschmidt, and we thank John for joining us. Thank you very much all for joining us, and we'll see you at the next one. Thank you, Johnny.